Welcome to Islamic Life Coach School Podcast. Apply tools that you learn in this podcast and your life will be unrecognizably successful. Now your host, Dr. Kamal Akhtar. Hello, hello, hello everyone. Peace and blessings be upon all of you. Joy, happiness, and pleasure. Are they all different sides of the same coin? Or something completely different? And why does it matter? Joy comes from within, from self-appreciation and self-love. And self-love is the only way to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Joy to me is different from happiness. Happiness is a temporary state. It is gone as soon as you think about something other than what you have or where you are. If at any instant you want to be something else or be somewhere else, then you've stepped out of happiness. Joy is more everlasting and more sustained. Pleasure, on the other hand, is more intense happiness. Eckhart Tolle's definition is that pleasure comes from an external source. Getting a pedicure, spending a day with friends, chocolate cake, beautiful sunset, good company, fragrances, pleasure of fine clothing. Pleasure might be preventing joy. So many of us try to compensate for our lack of joy with pleasure. You cannot replace pleasure with joy. If you're not in a joyous place, there's no amount of pleasure that will get you there. Joy is created from within. There is not enough stuff in the world to replace pleasure with joy. There aren't enough fluffy macaroons that you can eat that will replace your pleasure with joy. Not enough gadgets, not a big enough house, not enough perfumes, not enough cups of tea, not enough work that you can immerse yourself into that will bring you joy. Because joy is a state that you create for yourself, from within you. Ask yourself, where in your life are you replacing joy with pleasure? When we mistake joy for pleasure and indulge with pleasurable things, we end up creating the opposite effect of joy. When we do too many of any of the outwardly things to create joy, it fails miserably because everything that is outside of us is out of our control. And when we attach our joy to something that is not in our control, we render ourselves helpless. Even if that outside something is as benign as a walk in the park or a cup of tea in my backyard or a trip to the beach. I'm not saying don't do these things. I have a whole podcast about pleasure. I'm saying don't be under the impression that these things give you joy. Consider being in a place in your life where you don't need any more pleasure. Maybe consider being in a place where you don't need another comfy blanket or a massage. Pleasure is easy. It is easy to be sold. Pleasure is what we are conditioned to work towards all our lives. From childhood to adulthood, toys give pleasure to a child. And how innocent and appropriate, I might add. But packaging pleasure is what makes it so much easier to sell. Vacation here will give you pleasure. Working that job will give you pleasure. Since pleasure is something external, it is easy to package, market, and sell for profit. So the conditioning is deep, and we are at a point where there is no telling the difference between joy and pleasure. Pleasure overall is easy to recognize and build economies out of. But recognizing joy takes internal effort. There's no marketing for that. That's a journey you have to take for yourself. No one's going to make money off of selling you joy because it is a state that you create for yourself. So it is not as visible to us as pleasure because we are not constantly bombarded by it. So when I first learned this concept, I started on a mission to unlearn all of my patterns of pleasure that I was mistaking for joy. Alhamdulillah, I've been doing pretty good, but it's a constant work in progress. And I kept some of my patterns of pleasure consciously. Like time with my family brings me pleasure. 
Time I spend walking in my backyard gives me pleasure, and I choose to keep those in my life. But then I also consciously work to create joy, because joy is an emotion that you can create at any point from your thoughts. It is not dependent on anything else outside of you. In my attempt to unlearn this lifelong pattern, I thought it would be a good idea to teach it to my children. <laughs> but the example I'm going to give you now is when my daughter was only 5 years old. So I continued to integrate my thoughts and feeling lessons in kid language and one day my daughter came to me and told me that her brother took the toy she was playing with and that made her cry. So I consoled her, we talked about sharing, playing nicely, but then I thought maybe this is a great teaching moment. I said maybe I can teach her that joy comes from herself, not from the toy. So I started telling her that you see how one day you like one toy and another day you like another one? That means that that toy doesn't make you happy or sad, only your thinking does. At that point she was listening to me very intently in my lap and I was very encouraged. Then we talked about joy, about how a toy that might make her happy for a little bit, real joy comes from what she thinks about things and that comes from her brain. And during all of this she's so quiet and listening and observing. And I went on and on and on about how joy is different, about how joy is so much better, and how to create more of it even if her brother took her toy away. And she was quiet and intently listening this whole time. Then I became a little skeptical about how quiet she actually was. Maybe she was not understanding what I was saying. So I asked her, baby, do you know what joy is? And she said, yeah, of course, it's a baby kangaroo. And she hops off and runs off to play. And I'm just sitting there baffled, completely dumbfounded. I'm thinking to myself, a baby kangaroo? What just happened? Where'd that come from? So naturally, I googled, what's a baby kangaroo? And the answer was Joey. A baby kangaroo is called a Joey. I learned that for the first time that day, and all of a sudden it made sense. All this time I was talking about Joey, she thought I was talking about a baby kangaroo, because they're called Joey. <laughs> I felt so many emotions in that moment, all at the same time. I found it to be hysterical, first of all. And then I was just in amazement how tiny brains make connections. She might have learned about baby kangaroos in a YouTube video or something. And the entire time she was listening to me quietly, she was possibly just playing that video in her head. <laughs> I don't know. She's eight now and I still tell her this story and we laugh. But she knows more of a difference now. So I tease her. If she wants her baby kangaroo, her joy, she knows where to find it. She can find it from her thoughts. It's a work in progress, I have to admit. She hasn't mastered it. But I think she's understanding more and more every day. Her state of joy is not dependent on things outside of her. I will continue to teach her for as long as it takes. I mean, there are times when even I completely forget it and have to work to remind myself where Joey actually comes from. <laughs> I look for my baby kangaroo outside of me. It's a work in progress even for adults. But this is overall such a great example. Because imagine you're a mama kangaroo and you have a baby in your pouch. That's your joy inside of you. It's attached to you. Like a baby kangaroo can't survive outside, joy can't either. As soon as the joy attempts to go outside of you into something external, something pleasurable, it vanishes because you don't have control over anything external. So put the baby kangaroo back where it belongs. Put the joy back inside of you. You hold your key to joy. You can create it anywhere, anytime you want. Sometimes it seems harder than others, but it can be done. Sometimes we don't want to create joy, and that's okay as well. Again, the point of understanding this definition is that it is empowering. 
The biggest roadblock we face when finding thoughts that bring us joy is that mental chatter. Mental chatter steals joy. This work is easier said than done because of all of the negative mental chatter we are used to. We have self-judgment, burden of obligations, self-pity, just to name a few. That's the reason finding joy is not easy. It is hard work. Maybe when you saw the title of this podcast, you might have thought to yourself, oh, this is going to be another touchy-feely podcast. (laughs) We're going to be sitting in a circle, holding hands and singing songs. (laughs) Joy is just going to be about me hugging myself. (laughs) Well, you can hug yourself if that's self-care you need to show yourself. But finding joy is not that easy. It is hard work. It is not as fluffy as it sounds. How can you ever find joy if you haven't found self-appreciation? You have to love yourself before you can create any joy with your thoughts. It's like having mental garbage all over the room and trying to find a clean place to sit. It won't happen. Clean up the mental space of all of the negative chatter and you will see joy everywhere, independent of what you have or don't have. Loving yourself is how you can find mercy of Allah. Mercy of Allah is always there. We just don't see it when we are in self-judgment. Self-appreciation means to recognize the full worth of yourself. By this definition, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appreciates us all just because He created us. We lose sight of this self-worth when we are in resentment. Mostly, that resentment is self-created under the burden of obligations that are self-imposed. We get buried under the avalanche of things we have to do. And I've spoken about this before because there's very little we have to do. You don't have to work. You don't have to cook. You don't even have to take care of your children or pay your taxes. (laughs) I'm not suggesting that you do that. But you do all these things to avoid consequences. So you're choosing them. What you don't change, you choose. So stop abusing yourself over it. Because when you do that, you're burying your joy even deeper. Being in negative self-talk is being in a space of rejecting Allah's mercy. Allah's mercy is infinite. He made every human being 100% worthy. It is us who lose the sight of that under the whispers of shaitan and our nafs. That is when we replace joy with pleasure. We start looking for things to provide us with comfort because if we took a look inside of us, we will find rejection, guilt, pity. To avoid these painful emotions, we work hard and we play even harder. Finding the source of joy from within you is difficult work. I will be the first one to admit it. It's not easy. But when you find it, it is so worth it. It is like the weight of the world has been lifted from your shoulders. You recognize the design of Allah. You recognize that underneath all of that negative self-talk is a beautiful, completely worthy human being that Allah SWT created. You come to recognize the real source of joy is your mere existence. You were created and that is enough. That has always been enough. Allah SWT has no need of us the everlasting, the self-sufficient. But He gave us lives, gave us bodies, gave us blessing after blessing and privilege after privilege. But we lose sight of this source of joy when we are busy with mental chatter. I'm not thin enough. I'm not organized enough. I'm not efficient enough. We lose sight that Allah created us whole, complete and with intent. How can that not be a source of joy? How can that miracle not be enough to immerse us with joy? I will tell you how. Only when we don't learn to love ourselves. Only when we diminish ourselves in the name of self-sacrifice. Only to find self-pity. Joy gets buried deep, deep inside of us. 
Learn to appreciate yourself because you are then in appreciation of Allah. I will go as far as saying you can't love Allah without loving yourself. You might be engaging in ritual prayers and doing all the outwardly actions right. But to find true khushu in your prayers, true calmness, serenity, tranquility, dignity, and humility, you need self-love. Without it, you will be fighting battles that you are creating for yourself. The formula CTFAR shows if you're in self-pity, a lot of mental chatter is in your action line. If you're in self-judgment, the same mental chatter appears in the action line. If your A line is prayers, but your feeling line is judgment, that you're not in a clean formula, you're suppressing your emotion of self-judgment to go through the actions of prayers, and that will never be wholehearted. May Allah purify our hearts to find pure joy in His worship. Learn to appreciate yourself by paying attention to emotions, thoughts, mind, actions. Be as mindful as you can. Learn to listen to the sentences in your mind. Are you finding negative mental chatter that you just can't clean up? Get coaching. Learn all the how-tos of mental hygiene and then maintain it for yourself for the rest of your life. If you come across a situation that is creating mental garbage for you and you can't seem to get rid of it, then get coaching again. Sometimes it takes an outside perspective to learn what we already carry in ourselves, but we don't see. The baby kangaroo is always right there. You just have to find it. So enjoy all the pleasures of life, but don't confuse them for joy. Joy is from within. It can only flourish when you practice thoughts and mindset of self-love and appreciation. When you are in rejection of yourself, you can outwardly say that you believe. You can pray, recite Quran, give charity, fill all the obligations, and may Allah accept all of our acts of worship. But it is difficult to be in a state of Hassan when you are in self-judgment. That judgment and negative self-talk is keeping you from seeing the beautiful design of Allah. Come out of that negative mindset by paying attention to what models you are living. CTFARs Thoughts, feelings, actions, results, that is the first step to creating a mindful life and the only way to create joy. Everything else is a smokescreen. Temporary pleasures that are out of our control. Joy is a true state of ihsan, in complete and constant ibadah of the one creator. When we are loving and appreciating ourselves, we are loving and appreciating our creator. May Allah accept all of our ibadah, all of our acts of worship. May Allah grant us courage to go down the path of self-discovery and self-correction. Author A. Halwa says it best in her book, The Secrets of Divine Love, both heaven and hell are filled with sinners. People in hell are arrogant about their sins. And people in heaven ask for forgiveness and repent. This is not an exact quote. I recalled it from memory. But the gist was pretty much the same. And this is such a beautiful concept. All of us are going to make mistakes. It is just a matter of self-reflection, repentance, and self-appreciation. How can we ask for forgiveness when we don't see where our mistakes lie? Shaitan presents negative self-talk to us like it is a fact of life, when actually it is just a lie he created. Learn to recognize it so you can ask for forgiveness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of the people of paradise. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ease our struggles around this internal work that he has ordained for us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for all of the Muslims around the world and bring humanity to the human race. Ameen ya Rabbul Alameen. I will talk to you guys next time. Hey, are you thinking about coaching? 
I invite you to a complimentary consultation with me where I can help you define the solution to your problem, regardless if you choose to work with me in the Empowered Muslim Women program or not. So you really have nothing to lose. Access the appointment link through the show notes and inshallah, I will see you there.